Welcome to the Idea Fit Pro Show with your host, Sandy Todd Webster. Welcome, everyone. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Idea Fit Pro Show. This is Sandy Webster, Ideas Editor in Chief, and your host for the podcast. I know you're busy, so it means a lot to me that you're listening. Thanks for being here. Today, you'll be really glad you joined, especially if you love personalized training as much as I do and have questions about client retention and the business of personal training. My guest today is Greg Johnson, a fitness pro who has shared his absolute passion and expertise with our industry and with his fitness clients for many years. Greg is the owner of Veramax Fitness in Sacramento, California. He has been a fitness professional for nearly 18 years. With more than 20 certifications and specialty qualifications, Greg's never stop learning philosophy is crystal clear. In the past decade, Greg has also become a savvy fitness entrepreneur. He sees 60 to 80 clients a week in a private or semi-private setting. He applies his master's degree in kinesiology on performance enhancement and injury prevention for all. His client retention rate of 85 to 95% would be impressive during normal times, but during pandemic, when so many pros have struggled with basic retention, it's an incredibly significant stat. Today, we'll find out how he does it and also learn more about his upcoming Idea World session. Let's get right into it with him. Welcome to the Pro Show, Greg. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you so much. Good to see you. Yeah, it's awesome to see you. Um, So for the benefit of those who may not know you or your background, would you please introduce yourself and tell us about your experience as a physical therapist, a personal trainer, and also as a business owner of Veramax Fitness? Absolutely. So uh, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Greg Johnson. I'm a, a small business owner here in Sacramento, California, originally from Maine. Uh, and I actually moved out to California to start a career in physical therapy. So I've worked for almost 20 years in physical therapy clinics. I'm not actually a physical therapist, okay. Uh, but that's kind of how I got my start in fitness. And since then, I've been in the fitness business for almost as long, 18 years, uh, opened my own business. And, or I guess I should say I opened, I became an independent contractor, personal training in 2013. And even though I had no intentions of being a brick and mortar business owner, I became a brick and mortar business over just over five years ago, uh, celebrating our five year anniversary here at Veramax Fitness. Um, Congratulations. Yeah. So, so far doing really well. So you and I podcasted in person two and a half years ago at uh, Idea Personal Trainer Institute the week before the global pandemic was declared. Um, so hearkening back to a, a time that hardly any of us even remember pre-COVID. Right. Um, yes. ca- if, if you could catch us up on some of the highlights and challenges that you've had during this period, what has business been like for you? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, well, well, interestingly enough, yeah, when we we showed up at a personal trainer institute, I think we all knew that something was going to change. Something was brewing. (laughs) It was so exciting to go back to personal trainer institute this year because not only was it at my last live event, but it became my first live event after COVID. And it was like stepping back in time and seeing everybody. The energy was like I was excited, like it was my first live conference again. Um, But 
so what happened th- with us through COVID actually kind of started with, with me and us prior to COVID. Uh, for those of you who don't know my significant other, Samantha Cordova, uh, she made the very difficult decision to close down, to d- dissolve her business in the Bay Area, to come up and join forces with me up here in Sacramento. And by doing that, the first thing that we realized is we need to do is I like to believe I'm a really good personal trainer, but I'm not a very good business person and I'm learning <laughs> that day and day. But we had to really clean up a lot of stuff that was going on in the back end. And if we hadn't have done that uh, and got some of our finances situated, uh, figured out what was going on with our taxes and things like that, I don't know if we, we would be here today to have this discussion. So thankfully, getting everything in order without realizing we had a pandemic coming really helped us get through it. Mm-hmm. So. Obviously, over the past two and a half years, and I've had this conversation with a lot of people that probably feel the same way, that first year was all about survival. It was like, what do we need to do? What are we going to have to do? We started doing virtual. Uh, Samantha was actually able to reconnect with some of her clients from the Bay Area through this virtual platform. Nice. And so being here in Sacramento, in, in Sacramento, California, we're we're in a political hotbed, being the, the, the capital of Sacramento. Uh, there's a lot of political views here. So we were hearing a lot of things back and forth. So as a small group of us went to the state, figured out how we could open safely. Uh, I'm sorry, went to the county, figured out how we can open safely. So a small group in the Sacramento County opened up and the state came down and, and basically rescinded that order and shut us back down. Hmm. So I was part of that original small group. And there's a couple of us that that did a lot of work in that. And there was a lot of back and forth on that, the, the end of the first year, beginning of the second year. So the second year, as we started to rebuild, we were able to open up outside. I was able to uh, get great connections with other business owners. We were using their outdoor space while they weren't using it. Um, and we tried to be by the book as much as we did. So the second year was all about rebuilding, getting people back in the door, connecting with people, getting all of our clients that uh, had been trying to figure out what else to do. And now like that went really well. The second, the second part of that year and last year ended up going very well for us. So now entering 2022, and I can't believe I'm saying it's June of 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like 2019 was just a few weeks ago, but now we're in that kind of thriving moment where we've, we've rebuilt, we've developed a capacity. We have almost all of our clients back in the door in, in, including several more. So we were able to really thrive through this because of the type of facility we are. I have a 2000 square foot facility. It's focused on personal and semi-private training. So Mm -hmm. we're naturally distanced. We naturally have a small capacity. We only have anywhere from two to four people in here at once. And I'd like to believe we were already one of the cleanest facilities, but I can probably guarantee we're one of the cleanest now. So it, it went really well. So all the stuff that we had started developing even prior to COVID ended up kind of helping us kind of COVID proof our business. And now we're, we're reaping the, the benefits of that. We've been able to hire two more trainers, uh, get more people in the door. So from here on out, it's, this has probably been the exciting, but also the most stressful, hectic time of this is like, is everything still batting down? Are we ready to continue to go as this is still technically an issue here? Yeah, I mean, with so much doom and gloom over the past couple of years, it's really great to hear how positive and upbeat you are. And in in our, our pre-show conversation, you, you know, you were telling me that you have an 85 to 95 percent retention rate for your client base, which I think even in good times is practically unheard of. But, you know, after the rough patch we've been through uh, to hear that those kinds of stats, it's just like it kind of floored me. So 
I'm curious, how were you able to maintain such high numbers? And really, since this is the exception to most of the stories we've heard, I think folks are really going to lean in to hear what your success formula has been. Well, I, I, like I said, I got, I got to say this comes down to what we did prior to COVID. Okay. Uh, I am a huge believer of not only just the word personal training, but really personalized training. We have a connection with our clients that I believe is unlike many other in the industry. And our clients had our back literally through thick and thin. And when we were ready for them to come back, they were ready to come back. We had developed connections and relationships with all those people. And when their friends didn't have a place to come back to because and I hate to say this, I know many people in the industry who did lose their business. Mm. Um, and part of it was because some of their systems weren't set up ahead of time, like when they were talking about the SBA and the PPP. Um, but having that system in place, it's the relationship that we had with all of our clients. And then they actually started referring their friends, their family members. Some people weren't ready to go to the, the bigger box gyms. And then once they came in the door, they realized this person really cares about me. This, this is not like personal training I've done in other places. Mm -hmm. This isn't like just going into a gym and working out by myself. And I to this day, I have clients, this brick and mortar facility has been open for now five and a half years. I can think of more than a couple dozen clients that I've had for almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. And we preach that this is a, this is a lifelong endeavor. Mm -hmm. If, if you want to come in and lose 30 pounds in 30 days, I'm probably not your guy. But if you want to stay healthier for the long term and go from goal to goal and uh, feel better, injury free, and just continue to basically prolong aging and fight that aging effect, those are the people that come in. So it's really it's, it's an education side of it first. And it's it's absolutely developing relationships with your clients because they, they are my family. Like we say fit fam all the time, but th this is my family. And thankfully, they believe in me and they have my trust in uh, their loyalty meant the world to me in that time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's how I feel about the gym I go to. Like that, that's my family, right? And uh, you know, we we all kept showing up during pandemic, and you know, we we stuck together, and we're still going. And um, it's it's so great to have a place to know that you can depend on the cleanliness, the safety, to know that your your coaches have your back and are looking out for your health. Um, right. as, as a primary goal. Um, tell me a little bit more about this personal training versus personalized training, like why you feel that's so essential and how you determine whether clients should be trained one-to-one -one in semi-privates or a small group. Um, Absolutely. And why does that work so well for your business model? Well, I think as, as you know, as idea, I mean, anyone who's gone to idea know that there there's pendulums, there's the dichotomy of fitness and things that go back and forth and from weightlifting in the eighties to group fitness. And now there's a lot of these kind of hybrid models and the word personal training has kind of gotten kind of dulled down a little bit to where even in the past couple of years, when they do research of what's trending in fitness, personal training is back on that list, mm -hmm. which I believe it never went away. But I think what people are missing is they're losing the actual personalized effect of personal training. Just because there's one coach and one person in a room, uh, you may be a personal trainer, but I don't, I'm not sold that that's personalized training. I, when I first got into the industry, I used to think that program design was the most important thing in the world. And I would spend all these, these hours writing out these 16 week programs. But when that person comes in, and you can see by the look on their face because you know them and they know you that they just haven't had a good day. Yeah. Then that that program design goes out the window. So 
when I say personalized training, it's much, much more than just squats and pushups and deadlifts. It's really understanding what that person needs, not just in their program, not just for their goals, but what do they need on that Monday when they just came in and had a really rough weekend uh, or when something happened that that's very tragic in their life. Mm-hmm. I think in a, in a fitness level and I own a gym and I'm no exception to the rule. I definitely gained a little bit of weight over COVID. I'm not my healthiest self right now. And I think health wise, and even like emotionally and mentally, the United States is just, it's, it's in an uncomfortable place. So when people come into this gym, it's not just about exercise. It's about really connecting with people, figuring, figuring out where they're at, at a day-to-day basis, adjusting accordingly, and really making sure they're getting what they need at that moment in time not just, hey, we got to get on this time clock and let's start doing reps. Yeah, and it just it requires a real investment in getting to know these people that that trust you enough to come through your doors. It's, you know, if you're just going to hand me a set and rep list without asking me how, how I'm doing today first, right. um, that, that the personalized is out the window for sure. And- and there's a challenge of having that emotional intelligence and that that's hard to, to develop, if, especially if you don't know how. So it's learning that aspect, but also the knowledge still does come back. I still need to teach people how to squat, teach people how to make corrections mm-hmm. or understand that, hey, if this is bothering them this day, we may not want to do the exercise they had planned, but what can we do to work on that? like help kind of recover it a little bit and then find something that take its place. So there's, there's definitely still a balance of you still need to be a personal trainer, but you also need to be that kind of that person for them when maybe someone else, they don't have an ear to, to talk to. Yeah. They're, they're sounding board really. And I love that you brought up EIQ or emotional intelligence, because that is, you know, that's probably more than half the game, really. <laughs> right. Oh, absolutely. And, and and as you mentioned, like, how do I decide if someone's going to go into one-on-one, semi-private, small group? And now, obviously, I'm a big fan of one-on-one and semi-private. But even though we don't do small group or large group here, there is still absolutely a wonderful place for that in the fitness, the the, the energy of those things, the, the camaraderie, the the social aspect. And that's kind of part of it is if I talk to someone and they really feel like they need that one-on-one connection, Mm-hmm. then I am going to encourage them to do one-on-one. Now, obviously there's different price points and things like that, but with a semi-private training, the way we develop semi-private is we cap it at no more than two to four people. That way I can still make sure I'm connecting with each person. They're not all just doing that one workout that was on a whiteboard for the day. And also I can still connect with them, but they still have that ability to, to socialize. And during COVID, we only, once we were allowed to open, we only allowed one-on-one. Mm-hmm. And what a lot of people missed was like, oh, I'm missing this person and I'm missing right. this person. So now we're kind of getting back into that. Now they're here for everybody else as well. Um, so it's just it's finding it, it's really understanding what they need. Right. And that does come down with talking with them, assessing them, consulting and just say, like, where are they? What do they need right now for them? Yep. I love it. Um, so you've already sort of copped to the fact that business is not exactly your your strongest point as a as an owner, as a personal trainer. And I think that's true of many in the industry. Um, you know, we get into this industry for different reasons. And usually it's not, oh, oh, I love doing my taxes and stuff, stuff like that. Right. It's definitely not it. <laughs> um, but but you still have to fulfill multiple roles in your business from owner manager to practitioner to employer and, you know, plumber, electrician maintenance, everything. Yep. Um, what resources have you used to build your business savvy and to improve, uh, you know, to improve in that regard? 
Absolutely. So I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of live events, continue education workshops, um, and also like masterminds, mentorship groups. Um, I will kind of throw out names here. I, I belong to the Todd Durkin mastermind for years, and I kind of jokingly blame them for me opening a business because I wasn't planning on this, but man, boy, they just light a fire and not just Todd himself, but the, the people that I met in that mentorship, the people that are, that were fighting the same battles, uh, that, that, that I am like really helped me kind of go through some of those things. Cause when you get a group of like-minded individuals together, and sometimes you may not have that in your small little local area it's it's connecting with people from all over the country that, yep. Hey, if this person doesn't have an answer, this person might. Mm-hmm. And uh, we also took some time and did some fitness revolution stuff. I follow the cause grows. And, and so I try to stay really, really connected with a lot of those things. And I, I try to find what works for me at the time. What works for someone in the East Coast and this demographic may not work for me, but I may take this and this from one thing and this and this from another. And what I found, and this is kind of how Samantha and I came to this decision, is we were both a one person team. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were both doing everything at once. And I did realize very quickly, I'm not good at social media. I'm not good at marketing. I made my attempt at a newsletter and hated it. So I just focused on what I knew I did well, and it was training. Yeah. So thankfully, with d- despite a horrible lack of marketing, I was get my my marketing was treating my clients very, very well. And Samantha was doing the same thing. She was just trying to do everything at once almost to the point of just fatigue and burnout. Like I think many of us deal with when we try to do everything at once. So that was part of the kind of the collaborative effort of having joined forces. And now thankfully I have Samantha to basically be my administrator. So yeah. she's doing a lot of the stuff because I was seeing all the things that she was doing a wonderful job in the Bay area that I had no interest in doing. So it was getting her on board and helping. And, and it's been a huge help, like I said, not just to get through COVID, but now we're starting to ramp things up and, and introduce these new trainers and more social media. So it's like, it's having that team. It's like, finally, it's like building that team is a huge component. Yeah. I mean, there's, su- there's such a great theme running through what you just said about first the masterminds, you know, just relying on a brain trust of people to help you. And I think also kind of from an ego standpoint, realizing that you don't have all the answers. And you know what? Most of them don't either. I mean, it's right. it's few and far between people who are just so buttoned down, who have everything dialed in, who have it great. And it's so great that you now have two brains working on your business instead of just you or right. instead of just Samantha working on her own business. It's the two of you combining forces and helping each other out where, where the other one is, you know, maybe weaker. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I love it. I think a lot of, a lot of times when we go to these live events, even though like the mastermind idea world, it, going to those sessions and the, but I think where I get the most answers is just in a casual conversation with someone over on the side in between sessions. Yeah. Just cause, Oh my, yeah, this is going on in our business. And all of a sudden things just start. And, and I, I get a lot from those, which is why I can't tell you how excited I am to have live events back is cause yeah. I, it's so hard to get that. Yeah, the, the networking is magic. I can't tell you how many how many of those sidebar conversations have turned into articles or initiatives that we've done. I mean, it is. It's it's magical it. and that is really it's it's part of the reason to to attend live education is to get out there and network and just have real conversations with people. Um, so, Greg, as I mentioned in your bio, you have many specialty certifications and a real hunger for learning. Um, 
You've already kind of touched on this a bit, but why do you think it's so important to stay on that learning quest for the span of an entire career? Um, what what doors has pursuit of continuing ed opened for you that perhaps you didn't expect? Well, sure. Well, I, I can kind of tell you how that started is what I would say is probably a confidence issue on my part. Working in physical therapy clinics, you're working with doctors, higher educated, the anatomies, the, the levers, the this, the that. And so... I felt like I didn't know enough. So as I started training, I would go to a seminar and I would start working on stuff. And I just, I just realized I, I need more information, more information. So what I found myself doing is signing up for everything I could possibly think of. And then all of a sudden you go to your one big first event and you leave there going, everything I know is wrong. I need to start over because it's an ever changing industry. And even though the stuff that I may have learned back in 2000 might still work, there may be a better way that people have found to do it since then. And right. I, I hope that maybe I'm now going to be able to be one of those ones that are finding newer, better ways because I've taken like little bits of all these different education. So what I would encourage anybody, like I said, this is an ever changing industry and it will, and it always will be, there's going to be ebbs and flows, but for the most part, like if you're not constantly learning and figuring out what everybody else is figuring out and taking, okay, this best practice and this best practice, you're potentially falling behind. And this is something that numerous times I've come up with a client situation that I never found in any textbook or in any certification, but it's the experience or more importantly, the experience of another yep. that I've been able to take that and run with it. And I've, I've ended up with some very interesting specializations. Uh, I ended up being one of the top golf fitness professionals in Northern California. I now apparently have a specialty in equestrian. And now I'm talking wow. with a lot of tactical <laughs> athletes in, in law enforcement because it was, a, it was a need that somebody wanted. And I did my research and I educated myself on it. And then all of a sudden, hey, this guy's pretty good at this. And they start sending their friends. So they're kind of un, unintended uh, things, but they, they bode really well. And now I'm presenting at golf fitness summits and uh, law enforcement and tactical athlete seminars. And it's just it continues to grow. Yeah, I, I guess you just you never know what's go going to come of something like that. Um, I think a great point you made um, in our earlier discussions before we even podcasted was, um, you know, the key is not copying everything you learn exactly in these seminars or at these conferences, but actually taking the learnings and customizing them for for your business and for your clients. Um, sure. Do, do you have an example or two of how you took good information from a course and then tweaked it into kind of a perfect fit for your business or your clients? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, for example, one, one of my favorite uh, certifications is it's, it's called TPI, the Titleist Performance Institute, and it, it's a golf fitness certification. Uh -huh. And when they first when they first developed the certification, they took, hey, golf is a rotational sport. Let's bring in Tom House, who's a pitching coach and this person who's a batting coach. And they, they started taking all these things from all these other sports. So I went there to learn more about golfers. But all of a sudden, I very quickly realized, wait a minute, this, I can use this with my general population. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean, hey, this person's a uh, a softball player on the weekend. They still need to work on rotational dynamics. I don't need to put them through the entire golf fitness protocol, but I'm going to take that. And what I found is like there's some uh, tests that just bode well for any athlete that I'm working on. If it's just a foundational core test or a glute test, and I can take that and, and just put it into now, I like this program, uh, a deep squat test, some People look at that so many different ways, but I'm going to take 
okay, where can I put all this stuff together? And I'm slowly kind of building my own puzzle of what I need. And even when I've hired some of our new trainers and I said, look, this is what I use for an assessment and a protocol. Uh And every time you see someone move, it's an assessment. But if you have a test that I've never heard of before and it gives you some information that you need, not only do I want you to use it, but I also want you to teach it to me so I know how to use it too. Mm -hmm. Um, Because everyone sees people, their bodies a little bit differently. And even with me, my clients that I've trained for 10 years, it's 10 years. Something's going to get past my eye that I, it's just, I've missed. So like, it's always taking all those extra little things from everybody else to just develop a system that works best for you in the facility that you happen to be in. Yeah. And in terms of the golf, weren't you, as if my recollection serves me, you were like a technical advisor to the golf channel or something like that for a while, or are you still doing that? No, it was, uh, I was basically the, 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 the fitness expert on a, a golf fitness, a, a golf TV show called the driven golf golf show. Oh, okay. Um, I was fortunate enough to work with a, a world long drive champion and also Isaac Sanchez or Ryan Winter was the world long drive champion and Isaac Sanchez, who was on big break and big break Greenbrier. Um, and again, only because of notoriety and getting results with other people, they found me. And from there they said, Hey, this guy really knows what he's doing. And they wanted that information. And again, I've, I've taken stuff from, I also run a company called Fit Golf, which is a golf fitness uh, program out of Veramax. So it's just, it's just things have come up yeah. partially because I was so nervous before I just needed so much information. And then after a while, people started telling me like, Hey, you really know what you're doing. You're the expert. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> I, 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 I just showed up at a, a golf fitness association of America, uh, about a month or so ago in the Bay Area. And I was looked at as the old Wiley veteran because I've been in golf fitness for 15 years. I'm like, that can't be. That's not me. (laughs) So that was a little kind of a shock to reality. Oh, that's so great. What a what a good example. Um, Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. So the last time you and I podcasted, it was really clear to me that you you were at least at the time a big fan of fit tech and data, saying that fit tech from wearables to tech embedded in gym equipment make fitness more fun and exciting. Um, How are you harnessing fit tech today? And then, um, you know, there are masses of data that come out of fit tech. Sure. Yep. How are you how are you crunching the data meaningfully so clients can see the ebbs and flows of their training and not get so overwhelmed by all the numbers? Yeah, and and that's a big thing is data and technology is not for everyone. I personally I'm a data geek. Again, whether it's wearing the wearables or doing a 3D analysis of the golf swing or using the heart rate monitors, data is our friend. But the key is we do have to understand how to take the bits and pieces of each of those data points and figure out what to do with them. Uh, I have numerous clients say, hey, should I get this or should I get this? And my first question is, well, OK, so let's say you want to get that sleep tracker. How are you going to measure the data? oh, I don't know, I just thought it would just tell me how good I'm sleeping or how bad I'm sleeping. But the key is, what do you do with that data? It's it's great to find out that you get your 10,000 steps in, but if you're not getting to the fitness result you want, maybe th- that data needs to change. So, I mean, it, as, as much as just a simple pinch test that can give us a percent body fat uh, measurement, that data we can now put into an equation. Okay, we need to work on your sleep. We need to increase your need, your non-exercise activity thermogenic. So let's get that step count up and taking that data in, in, in running with it. Mm-hmm. I try not to give people too much data at once. Um, I, I always, I always kind of jokingly tell people the biggest challenge in my industry is to get people to drink more water. 
is and if you can't get people to simply drink more water, trying to get them to an, analyze 47 bits of data to get this optimal <laughs> result is going to be a bit too much. So, so it's, it's understanding the data. And, and what I would say to anyone who's not used to data is then you need to do this stuff on yourself first. Uh, I realized, again, through COVID, my sleep was not great. Uh, mm -hmm. My health was not great. My nutrition was not great. I did a lot of stress eating and I felt it and I would wake up groggy. So I said, okay, I need to focus on my nutrition and I want to start focusing on my sleep. So I, I got a tracker to learn mm -hmm. what is my current sleep patterns. And then again, do the research. What do I need to do to better those sleep patterns? So if I only get six hours a night, I need to know that that's a really great six hours of sleep because Let's face it, not everyone has the ability to sleep eight hours a night anymore. So it's quality sleep matters the most. Right. And yeah. The, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. And I, I think the biggest thing is through COVID, again, I didn't realize when we had that conversation two and a half years ago, how much more I use data now, because that now keeps us connected with those clients, the right. clients that I couldn't see in person for six months. I could still see their MyZone readings. I could still see their, their step counters. They would send me pictures of their sleep scores. So it's just, it's one more way to connect to the clients. And I think a lot of trainers think uh, all these wearables might be the enemy, but I mean, if you can, if you can get them to, to be part of that conversation, it just helps what you should already be reinforcing. Yeah, for sure. Um, dur during COVID, I dove into, um, you know, tracking my HRV and really tried to wrap my head around understanding that um, and understanding what what impacted my numbers up, up or, or up or down, good, bad and ugly. And um, I, I have a better handle on it now. Like I'm, I'm yeah. much more consistent. I'm not just like all over the place and um, and sleep has been a huge part of that. And so watching my sleep patterns, understanding if I get in bed earlier or, you know, knock out that blue light earlier, um, it, it really impacts my overall HRV score. So yeah. that's been magic. And it's it's true. I, I you know, I agree with you. I think data is our friend and it's just, you know, don't personally get overwhelmed by it and don't overwhelm your clients with it. Right. Right. I, and I, I can't tell you how many clients because of the trackers and the data have had these like outrageous aha moments of tweak one thing for a little bit. And all of a sudden those numbers start getting different and all of a sudden yeah. you're feeling better. And it's uh, like, I never knew you sure I've heard it, but now I can prove it. And, and I, I kind of fall into that kind of category myself. I'm stubborn and think I'm the exception to the rule, and I'm clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I mean, they, numbers almost always don't lie. <laughs> yep. So, that's right. um, yeah, that's, um, that's, those are great insights. Uh, so, yes, Idea World is just around the corner. Um, I wanted to get your perspective on the event itself, Idea World, as an experience and as a career builder. And I know we touched on this a little bit. Um, already in terms of like the sidebar conversations and such. But what are the reasons do you think it's important to attend live and education and networking opportunities like Idea World? Oh, gosh. I, now, I would say this before, but now more than ever, I, social interaction, connecting with like-minded people. I, I can't say enough, like literally how excited I am about this. Um, but as, as far as the event in, in and of itself, the first time I went to Idea World, which, gosh, I think might have been 15 years ago at this point, I had gone to smaller seminars, local. But when I showed up to Idea World, I'll be the first to say I was completely overwhelmed. But it, it took me not a lot of time to just connect with a couple people and realize how much just information there is. 
So, I mean, as it pertains to like going to the event, there's an abundance of information. And even in that 15 years that I've been going, it used to be a lot of maybe group fitness, but now they're taking in like, again, there's all these personal training tracks, the, the club and studio track and the nutrition track, anything that you want to know about health, fitness, and wellness is going to be there. Uh, the expo in and of itself is a dangerous place to hang out because you just, you want all the new toys. Um, but it's just like, I I've met so many great people there. Um, I can't remember if that was the first time I had met someone like Todd or um, Todd Durkin um, mm -hmm. or the cause grows, but it's just like hearing those people understanding that th these, these people have been in the trenches, they're still working. And then there's also like just um, some of the, 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 the awards and things like that. It's just, you leave there on fire. You yeah. leave there ready to change the world. A, a lot of times uh, my clients didn't like to train with me the week after I got back from, cause I'm like, we're going heavy today. We're going crazy. It's just, you just it's, it's, it's energizing. And well, I think you're, yeah, I, you're, you're so pumped up, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I'm getting excited talking about it. Like I can't wait, but it's just, it's just kind of, especially if you like, again, like a lot of us are kind of coming out of this with our head spinning. Um, right. So it just gives you a chance to kind of get back into like, let's start learning some of those foundational basics again. Let's get back into the, the models that we were doing. And I mean, even though I've been attending for 15 years, sure, I may go to a course that I've gone to before, but I may just learn a new way to cue an exercise or a new way to use verbiage. Or again, there's always that one moment that makes me go, gosh, have I been doing it wrong this whole time? And it's not, it's not necessarily right or wrong, but that person that I just listened to may have a better way of doing yeah. than I. So now I'm, I'm stealing as much information as possible. And I always tell people, if you go to my seminars, steal as much information as possible. I don't care. This No one's no one can trademark a squat. Just start, start grabbing as much as you can and taking what works for them. Yeah, absolutely. And for me, after 20 years of going to Idea World, it's, I mean, it's just, I still get blown away by just that wall of energy that hits me and just the absolute variety of over, you know, 350 sessions, 150 sub of the best subject matter experts on the planet, access yeah. to so much product knowledge in the hall, in the expo hall. It's just, um, I, you know, even after 20, 20 times of going, it, it just still blows me away. Yeah, This um, has become my can't miss event. Like even if I'm presenting, oh. I'm there for the whole weekend and I'm, I'm getting into as many sessions as possible. Cause like, I'm always going to keep learning from everyone else in the industry. Yeah, for sure. So as long as you mentioned presenting, let's dig into the workshop that you'll be presenting on July 23rd. Um, the session is number 602 and it's called body prep for power, strength and heavy lifts. Um, and it just to synopsize it, you're going to be talking about how preparing the body and mind uh, before even touching equipment is the most important part of an advanced or heavy lifting session. Can you walk us through the main points that you're going to cover um, as a blueprint for the topic? Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, so Idea World has started to really ramp up the personal training aspect as it pertains to, to fitness. And one of the things that I've noticed over time is as more and more general population are getting into heavy lifts, which I love. I, I think heavy lifting can go a long way. Is not everyone quite understands all the things that you can do to prepare your body. A lot of people just think like stretching out and doing some lightweight reps are just the way to go. But there's so much more. We live in a society of a sitting culture. We don't all have the opportunity to train elite athletes. So this general population might have to do a little bit more for warming up and loosening up. So it's 
I'm basically going to start with just a very simple foundational assessment that you can do with anybody and basically go kind of to a joint by joint approach of like the flexibility, mobility, stability model. And if that person has tight ankles, hips, knees, how do you manipulate that either during a session or giving them homework to prepare their body to start lifting heavy in an ideal situation? If I'm lifting as heavy as possible, say, for example, the deadlift, if it doesn't work, it just means the weight doesn't come up period. But that means everything else is where it should be. So we're going to talk a lot about uh, not only just self-myofascial release and foam rolling, but also some of the more advanced techniques to get into those little areas opposed to just kind of broad scope rolling. And I'm actually absolutely going to be stealing a bunch of Samantha stuff that I stole from her a long time ago. With So she'll probably be up there with me, maybe demoing. Um, I was going to say, you, also, got, you guys should co-present maybe. <laughs> oh, it's, it's probably going to be the case. Um, I had the opportunity to to do this kind of a little bit on a whim and I ended up being a very awesome round table discussion. Yeah. And again, someone brought up a conversation. I'm like, Hey, come on up here. I want you to teach this and I'm going to steal it from you afterwards. But we're, so we're going to talk about joint distraction, myofascial release. Uh, and, and again, the big things about recovery, uh, movement prep, getting the body prepared to do a movement. So just doing body weight squats is not the only thing you should do before you start doing heavy squats. There's right. working on the mobile joints that are supposed to be mobile, the stable areas that are supposed to be stable so really actually like not just like physically preparing but again neurologically preparing like you mentioned the hrv if someone comes in uh that day and they've had horrible sleep uh maybe they had a couple too many drinks that weekend they had a stressful day at work heavy lifts may not be that person's best friend that day mm -hmm. and you need to know that as a coach because if you put load under that and their their hrv their their neurological system is already taxed that's asking for injury, even though their muscles might've been prepared, but the nervous system wasn't. So we're gonna get in a little bit more about that. And we may even bring up a little bit of HRV. And again, there's there's the sleep component and the nutrition component, but before you ever put that heavy bar on your back or, or lift it up off the ground, there's a lot of things that your body has the potential to do. So you need to make sure you're kind of checks and balances through that. Yeah, and I, I wanted to give props to you for jumping in at Personal Trainer Institute. We had a present, presenter drop out, and I, I know Ryan Halverson, our events director, or um, our uh, programming director, found you and said, can you teach a class on such and thus? And you just jumped right in. I mean, that was so awesome. So thank you for that, Greg. Thankfully, I knew what to do. So I'm, I'm like, I'm just going to do what I would talk to my clients about doing and it ended up going pretty well. But like I said, it was great to have like the conversation with several people. And I said, this is what I do in, let me get the hands up. Let's see what other people does. And a lot of people came up, came up to me afterwards and said it was a great, great talk. So I was thankful for the opportunity, uh, you Ryan and idea world, and I'm excited to do it at worlds. And I love that it's now turned into a, a world session for more people to enjoy and, and learn from. And now, now you've had time to actually prepare for it. So <laughs> It's amazing how that works. Oh. Hopefully that means it'll be better. Greg, this has been such fun. But before we sign off, can you please let the audience know how they can connect with you, either through social media, your website, or by other means? And we'll put all that stuff in the show notes, folks, so you don't have to take notes. But um, And then if you would please leave us with a parting thought or words of advice to inspire our FitPro community. Sure. So the best way to get a hold of me is, is probably my email, gjohnson at veramaxfitness.com. I'll try to pop the Veramax Fitness up there. Uh, it's a little V-A-R-I-M-A-X. Um, I'm also like, if you ever hear me present, I will give my phone number out. It's 207-233-1501. Text, <laughs> connect. I, I love to connect with everybody. And again, if you're going to come to me to, to answer a question, I'm, I'm most likely I might have to come back at you and, and get your advice on something. 
Mm. Um, but, and social medias are basically G Johnson or G Johnson fit or G Johnson fitness, depending on Instagram or, or, uh, uh, Facebook. I almost said MySpace. I'm not that old, but <laughs> G Johnson fit. Um, it, as, as far as just kind of words, it, it has been a long three years. Um, and I, I would say just as a fitness industry as a whole, I think the industry, not just small businesses in general, but the industry has gone through a lot. And I can't say now more than ever, we do need to be united as an industry as we 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 give our message out. Um, the general public, like not not just your elite athletes, but the, the people that we're talking to and connecting with on a regular basis, uh, the physical health, in the mental health and the emotional health are potentially at all time lows. Uh, We are not a competitor to anybody around us. We need to get everyone healthier and happy. And and I can't say that with, with more emphasis. So being united on this front of, of really attacking this next challenge to come of making fitness more essential, more relevant and understanding that this really is a building block for us to propel as an industry to really show what we can do to help people stay out of hospitals, to help people stay healthy, to have those connections with people. So just be united, connect with each other, ask questions. The the gym that's next door to you or the group fitness next door to you, work together, be part of the same message, stay united and just be good to each other. Mm, Love it. It, it, this has been so enlightening, so much fun, and I'm like truly so uplifting for me. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to share your ideas with us today, Greg. Um, and I will see you at Idea World in Vegas very, very soon. I'm excited. If you see me, I'll have a smile on my face. <laughs> me too. Take care. Thank you very thanks, much. Thanks again. Anytime. And I absolutely mean that. Thank you. Uh, bye. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Greg Johnson and will consider signing up for his session at Idea World, July 20th through 24th in Las Vegas. Check the show notes for details. In addition to Greg's workshop, you can choose from more than 300 sessions by 150 subject matter experts on topics spanning exercise physiology, anatomy, nutrition science, business best practices, virtual training, and so much more. It's time for our fitness community to rejoin in person and develop fresh strategies to support our clients and to build unbreakable careers for ourselves. To learn more about Idea's first in-person Idea World event in three years, visit ideafit.com and select the events tab or call an inspired service representative directly at 888-999-4332 extension 7. We sure hope to see you there. This is Sandy Webster signing off. I hope you have a wonderful week. And as ever, thank you for all you do to make the world a healthier, happier place. Please reach out to me or the content team at content at ideafit.com if we can help you with anything. The IdeaFit Pro Show is part of the IdeaFit Podcasting Network. Many thanks to our executive producer, Jordan Leeds, and our engineer and editor, Mike Hilding. Copyright 2022, all rights reserved. Reproduction without permission is strictly prohibited. Yeah.